0: This is The Coolest Show brought to you by hip hop caucuses. Think 100%. It's
1: the coolest show, you know, keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show, you know, in your ear, yeah, respect the Expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me, crazy For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just train. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show, you know, it's the hip hop caucus.
0: Hey, everybody, it's Rev Yeo, and, and I'm I'm actually very excited for this episode because, you know, sometimes we have guests who were on before and they literally evolve over time. And so we have a guest who has evolved, who has literally just continued to this, not only be an artist when we met him last time, but now, and he was an artist then, but now all of that has come together. So he is truly an archivist. And so I'm happy to have with me my brother Dante Wimberly. Dante, how you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Really glad to be here. Really happy to be back. Really glad to talk about some things, get into some things. So I'm really excited.
0: Well, first and foremost, tell the audience who is Dante Wimberly.
1: Dante Wimberly is um, just a person, a person who has dealt with a lot of a lot of different things, dealt with a lot of overarching systems. Um, I'm someone who, I guess. Kind of a lot of the things that I advocate for and a lot of the things that I talk about, like I've had direct interactions with. Um, when we think about racial capitalism, when we think about poverty, when we think about redlining, when we think about, you know, um, mass incarceration. Someone who has dealt with these things throughout their life, who has seen them firsthand. And so I just someone who wants to really rally against those things and really try to create um, the type of society that I want to live in, as well as, you know, the one that you would want to raise children in. And so, trying to create a better future has been something that I've always tried to be about. So, that's just a little bit about me. No, I like that. Who, who is your community? Who is my community? Um, black people, uh, black people, first and foremost. Um, all black people. Um, all black people. I, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I believe in. I believe in voluntary. There, I I, listen, I believe in voluntary association. So that means whoever wants to associate with me that is who I associate with. You know, whoever wants to see me have a better life, I in turn want to see them have a better life. So people who I guess hold certain values and hold certain principles. So that's 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 I I, I associate with the black people who want voluntary association with me, who want to empower people, who want to uh, fight back against, you know, white supremacist systems, all forms of white supremacist systems. Um, so, yeah, those are those are my community. Those are my those are those are my people. Tell us why that's important. Um, because people internalize white supremacy. Um, people internalize white supremacy. White supremacy is the prism that a lot of our ideas go through, even if we don't recognize it. That's just that's the society we live in. You know, that's the, that's the aspect of colonization is that like our institutions reflect the will of like Europeans our institutions reflect the will of white people and so from that aspect we can look about political institutions cultural institutions there's always the notion that like the 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 state is just the manifestation of the family so if you want to talk about like the patriarchal domination in our political system we can talk about the patriarchal domination in our families we can talk about the homophobia in our families we can talk about you know notions of capitalism notions of all those things like it it really influences us and we don't always recognize it. So it really takes pushing back against those things and people's identities to push back against those things for us to really see it. And so there I just feel like there's a lot of like ingrained hatred towards people and we don't even really understand where it comes from. We just think about oh, yeah. this is just the way it is, it's is just the way it has to be, you know, and so we don't really challenge those those assumptions. So yeah, I just I feel like I was rambling, but um No, 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 that was that was it. I mean what we actually hear talking about your music. So let's
0: talk about I me, mean, you know, I mean that's which is uh, that's that's ingrained in it. So let's get right to it. Tell us about your album rituals.
1: Um so yeah, rituals is just about kind of that concept of like doing things habitually, doing things because they are the right thing to do, or because we think they are the right thing to do because we've done them this way for so long. Um even though a lot of these things that we look to and a lot of these institutions show us on the daily that they are not representative of the people. They don't Lead to the best outcomes. They don't lead to great outcomes. Um, if anything, they exacerbate already existing tensions, already existing inequalities, and they just make it harder for people to try to like live the life they want to live and live a good life. So whether that be you know the criminal justice system, what is one of the most blatant criminal justice, right? Like one of the most one of the most blatant examples of just making people's lives harder, making people's lives more difficult. Um, Just we want to talk about the empire, right? U.S. empire and how liberalism kind of holds up the empire in a lot of different ways. And so just the things that go unchallenged, that uh, the way we do politics, the way we do elections, like we can point to so many different instances in which our elections have failed to live up to the promise of representation or our political system has failed to live up to the promise of representation. But we don't want to reimagine it. We don't want to Really dig at the root and see what lies there, and try to create something new, and try to create something generative. So, yeah, we are we are attached to these systems. We are attached to these ideologies. They give us our sense of civilization. So, I feel like rituals is an attempt to expose that, uh, be plain plain about it, be blatant about it, and really, really want people to divest from it and imagine how different the world could be and how different our institutions could look. And of course, that takes time. But I think it has to be a part of the culture of dissent, right? Like, just challenge, challenging a lot of what we consider to be so, um what we hold on tight to so dearly.
0: You know, I've been in this industry, both politics and music, for <laughs> over 25, 30 years in some cases. Been in this, and it's been the game for a minute. And I, you know, one of the things that being around and, very, and at the, and very high levels. I mean, obviously, president of Hip Hop Caucus, but work with everybody uh, in this for the past, you know, whew, too many years to count. And so one of the things about being around artists, particularly activists, artists who want to use their craft to help create change, I've noticed that those artists can hear things like a dog whistle. They can kind of hear things before other people can hear things. They can hear things in regards to, you know, what's kind of happening in their community. They can see things. They can feel it. You know, they can feel the oppression. They can feel the depression. It's a lot. And they almost have to create music to stay stable. Like almost they literally got to create music to almost get it off because almost like if they don't get it off their chest, it's gonna, it's gonna almost like eat them inside. How do you that when you when I listen to your music, it almost feel like you're getting so much off your chest, like so much you're hearing. Is that a, a, am I accurate in this assessment?
1: That it was a great encapsulation of like all the things that that uh, I personally feel. Right, um, I think with my music. One of the reasons why I guess it's it's very difficult because it's like there's so much to say, there's so much that that has been said. I feel like with artists, like there's it's kind of like the iceberg metaphor where it's like the things that the things that you hear from the artists or what they've released. There's probably so much that has been written that you've never heard. There's probably so many. There's probably so much there in the in like, under the iceberg of, like, what that artist has written, what that artist has thought about. And at least for me, like, there's just been so many things that I have written. But when it comes to actually making a project and actually releasing the music in a way that, like, feels good, it's just such a huge gap. So even with the Rituals album, like, I wrote that probably, I wrote some of those songs maybe two years before they actually came out, in some cases a few mm-hmm. years. And so that album just kind of went through a lot of, like, um, changes and shifts over time and it's my second project so just like the first one i dropped and i think 20 in uh springtime of 2020 so that was just kind of but even in that it was kind of the same process of like what you heard there was probably so much more that could have like went through but it just it didn't make it for whatever reason so yeah i think i try to i try to have those releases in different ways even if it's not like a release a full-on project even if it's not releasing a single in the studio if it's me just you know uh, just making a demo from with the resources that I have and just kind of laying it on a track, laying it over a beat and just kind of putting it out in whatever way, whether that be social media, whether that be sending it to people, just kind of is very cathartic, you know? And I guess I've just been having like uh, this this tension because I know like Instagram is probably like one of the apps that I use the most in terms of just interacting with people and releasing the music, not only the music, but just also like my political ideas, my thoughts, what's happening around me, like it's just been one of those venues. And so, yeah, and finding different ways to have that release, I feel like it's very, very important. Um, and so, yeah, you you really hit the nail on the head with the hammer. Like, it's very it's very cathartic. It's very, like, I can take a breath and I've got it off my chest. But definitely searching for a lot of Ooh. different ways to to express those things. Nah, I, I love it. I love well, our producers here
0: at The Coolest Show are all, like, music-minded. Destiny, Cross tomorrow. As a matter of fact, Cross is a Grammy nominated producer and in, in his work and they always talk about, you know, the importance of music and what it means for us to use it to create change. But who is the audience? Who is the audience for the album ritual? You know, who who are you trying to reach
1: with your art? I think that's a really good question. I think who I'm trying to reach is whoever whoever it speaks to. I think I think that one of the things about music and one of the things that makes you resonate with it a lot is that it just kind of hits you out of nowhere. You know, it can be it can be a song that comes on when you're driving or it can be something you hear out and walking through the road and it just kind of hits you. So, like, I guess I don't have a particular audience. I want, because there's I feel like there's a lot of different audience that need, need to hear it and that need to, like, receive the message, right? I think there, it, it's so many, it's so many different people. I think everyone should receive the message, honestly. But I feel like who it connects with, who it really like, if it burrows into your soul and then if it like reaches you and it hits you in a very, very powerful and meaningful way, like those are the, those who are people I want to get like activated by it or to be like, take a stop and like, take a look around and ask yourself like, what kind of life do I want to live? Like, what are the things that are important to me and how do I make sure that I attain those things but how do I make sure people around me also attain those things? So.
0: What do you see as the role of music in this movement, in this fight?
1: Man, um, I think a lot about uh, uh, a Socrates quote when he talks about uh, the poets and how the poets have a responsibility to shape society. Even though you are shaped by society, like you can recognize the contradictions. And then from there, you can lay those contradictions bare for the rest of the world to see and like have them really... Come to terms with that in their minds, right? Have to really have to come to terms with that and really try to create a different future. So the poets and who the poets are have changed over time, and also the poets have, can be co-opted as well. Like it's not, it's not, it's not um, hunky dory. Like the the allure of, you know, capitalism, the allure of uh, having all those things definitely can play a part. But ultimately, the poets have a responsibility to shape the new world and to make it make it palpable for people and make it realistic, make the unrealistic realistic. No, that's that's amazing. So,
0: what artists do you that do you see yourself in the, in this category? Uh, you know, when you when you when they when they if, if, if they go in the see, pull out the category, where do you are you in your own category? Are you in what? Are you do you see other artists? What artists influence you? You know, what's the DNA uh, of the music?
1: Man, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like. It's a, it's kind of in a category all by itself, right? Because I wouldn't, I would never call it conscious. I feel like conscious rap just has a bit of a connotation of like, I don't know. I feel like a '90s vibe, a type of like, you know, a little bit political, a little bit cultural. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit misogynist. You know, still having a lot of those, but also being a product of their time. When I think about Lauryn Hill, when I think about Common, when I think about you know uh, Most Def, uh, qualib, like, you know, just those are the people I think about, but also like I would say my music, I feel like I was a leftist first before I was an artist, I was political first before I was an artist, mm-hmm. I was a scholar before I was an artist, so that that's the perspective that I'm bringing to my music of like I found the politics first, I found you know the scholar this uh, I found school, I found a lot of different things before I decided to make music so. I try to bring that perspective into the music. I majored in political science, um, finishing up my master's program in political science, like that. And that comes with all, all of these different things going through a liberal education. But at the same time, bringing my perspective into the classroom has really shaped my ideas. And so that has also, in turn, shaped my music. My activism has shaped my music, you know? So I think having that perspective first, I, I feel like I sit in this space of like, not to say that nobody's ever done it before, but I feel like I want to be more explicit and I want to use that in the music and like really make art around that. Really make political art, you know, really make propaganda that isn't like obviously propaganda.
0: Does your activism hinder your music? Meaning, you know, you're, 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 you have a genre, obviously you're, you're rapping, you're in hip hop. And so, you know, and also you're human, you know, you're a black man, you're, you're a person of a darker hue. You know you're a powerful liberation activist, and so does your activism stop you from having fun? Does you, do you can you are you reading your lyrics? Like, you like you 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 take lyrics out. So that may be judged a certain way. I don't want to, you know, but it may be fun, you know. But, I mean, I'm just
1: asking: does it, does it help or hinder your your music, or 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 neither? I mean, honestly, like I guess the thing the things that I'm most concerned about is really surveillance. Rather, that's like a rational, reasonable fear, like, because I really say, I would say I say incendiary things in my music because I feel like I want to be able to drag the discourse. I want people to, like, really say, fuck, like, excuse me. I want people to say, like, we don't mess with these institutions. Yeah, we don't mess with, we don't fuck with this shit. Like, we don't, I don't fuck with these institutions. I don't fuck with these elections, blah, blah, blah. Like, and that's how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Of course, from there, we can engage in different ways. Like, do I vote? Yeah. But also like I don't fuck with the idea of elections. You know, like I, I want I want elections to be different. I want democracy to be different. So like I know like that's people's bag is trying to get elect, like trying to get voter registration, trying to get elections. Like there's a lot of money that goes into it and I feel it to be counter I feel like it to be counter-insurgency. Like so from there, like and that's how I feel, but also I can still engage with people. So I feel like my music is just the outlet for me to be able to say the things that I really want to say. And I, if it prevents me from being in certain spaces, then that's cool. If it prevents me from, like, have, like I said, just having certain platforms, then that's cool. But, like, I, I feel like I just, my music is a sacred space for me to really say things that I want to say. And at least to me, say the things that need to be said. And dealing with the consequences from that, like, you know, you, you, you live and you learn. So I feel like as, as of right now, I'm still in that mode where, like, yeah, I'm going to say it. And I want to be the one to say it. So.
0: Yeah, no, and I want to ask one more question. I want to change the, the kind of the, the pattern of the questions here in a second, but I want to ask more questions on this start here because I love the fact that as an artist, you are pushing the boundaries. I love that you are doing and creating political art. I love that clearly you're adding a message to the music. This is the thing here, though. You are still creating music and within, as you mentioned before, white supremacy, institutions, you're still in a position where you're within the the business of music. How much of that, when it comes to a head, do you continue? Like Faith mentioned, you, this song, this album, receives, you know, is up for a Grammy. Do you not go to the Grammy? Do you boycott the Grammy? I'm just trying to figure out where your thoughts are on institutions, that are based in white supremacy.
1: That's a really interesting question. Um I think on the one hand you hold that white supremacy does does very much have a hold on these institutions. When we think about music validity, right? When we think about success in music, I feel like it's seen through the prism of capitalism, it's seen through the prism of the prism of white supremacy when we think about the the capitalists in the music industry, the record labels, right? Like, they are the ones who want to make profit off of music. So that, in and of itself, shapes the industry in such a way. And, like, the the record labels also have a a very very much an influence on, like, the Grammys process and the notion of what is considered good by peers, right? So it's like, I don't don't really know. I've never really thought about having a Grammy. I've never thought that, like, um, my music would be accepted in those spaces. So, like, it's not something that I think about. Um, And on the question of, like, if I'm invited, do I go? But, but but why wouldn't you though? But that's actually important.
0: I mean, because I think that the goal is to is to create, with you creating a strong message, but to also create strong music. And so, if it's good music, it's good music. You know what I mean? And so, our goal is to create this. So why? I mean, let's, let's say that happens. I'm mean, let's say that you you are in no space, and let's say that whatever happens. I mean, or that's actually important. Let's back to the earlier question of audience. Is it this is, which, which is important, is it this is a message for the movement? And i want to get to that in a second, but is this, is this movement music?
1: So the first thing, the first thing you talked about, I want to answer that question, would I go? I would go to the Grammys, and if I won, I would just have like a really like uh, Grammy speech that kind of just, I feel like laid it all bare. I would use it as like, you know, three minutes to just say the most <laughs> incendiary stuff. Not even incendiary, but to speak the truth. But obviously in that forum, like, yeah, I'm going to probably get booed, which is fine. Like, I, that's okay. Like, look at look look at the audience. Look who's booing me at the Grammys, right? But I feel like if I won, I would go. Or I don't know. I feel like if you would go, if you're going to be there, maybe make some kind of statement, I guess. Do something. If you're on the red carpet, if people want to interview you, like, be in that space and use that platform to, I guess, speak about speak about the issues happening in your community and give light to certain things. And on the question of is this movement music, I would say I was shaped by the movement. And so because of that, I am going to make music based on my influences, you know, rather that be other artists or rather that be the movement itself. Like, you know, I was shaped by that. And the, mu- the movement itself, what, what exactly it is, is always a, it's very amorphous. Like, it's not really one particular thing. It's not, it's Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is an organization, but the Black Lives Matter movement, like, it has been shaped by so many different social forces and so many different people and entities working for change. So it's like, you know, I would say it's the movement because I was shaped by the movement. So, yeah, I would say it's movement music. Nah, uh, for sure. Our movements
0: are often strong and literally enforced by music that is equally strong in other words when the movement is strong the music is strong but when the movement is weak the music is weak how does ritual support the cause of the movement to make the movement strong
1: i think it makes us confront the contradictions i think a strong i think a strong movement is a movement that has number one masses of people but that also has articulated goals Right. And I think that I want rituals to be a contribution to the movement in that I want it to to create the dialogue, to articulate goals like what do people want? I want to I want to work towards a movement of housing justice. I want to work towards a movement that uh, centers food justice, that centers giving people resources, that centers meeting needs. And so like. That's the kind of dialogue that I want to have. Like, how are we going to meet people's needs? Like, how are we going to do that politically? How are we going to do that, you know, coordinated-wise, individ- not individually, but, like, maybe not politically, but relationship-wise and our relationships with each other? How are we going to meet those needs? And so, yeah, that's 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 what I want. I want it to contribute to creating that dialogue. I want it, I want it to bear. Yeah, no, 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 no. Keep, keep going. You want it want to bear? Yeah, I just wanted to bear I bear the convers I wanted to bear the contradictions for us to really confront them and then have conversations about them. Let me ask you this question,
0: because I, I think, you know, I mentioned I've been doing this for a minute <laughs> been been in this game for quite some time. One of the things that interest me about what you're saying is that if I can just put you and take you, you are the you and many artists like you are very important to the work that I and about caucus and others do, because we need the drumbeat. We need the music to encourage us, to fortify us, to, to, to create the the space people can imagine and have the vision, right? That's what the music is. This is the thing though. What I've noticed though, you kinda of mentioned that, you know, you didn't say you said that you weren't a conscious, and I I appreciate that guy, a term that I've I've seen kind of evolve as far as in the hip hop space. But this is the thing, the artists who do movement music, in those spaces, honestly, when I go to the concerts, it's mostly white people. It's like a room full of white people. I go to colleges and I see I see a conscious or a movement music, particularly black artists, kicking out stuff about, you know what I'm saying, about capitalism, and white supremacy, and the whole audience be mostly white people with a few black people. You know what I mean? And I don't see the people who are in our streets. Like, it's not, and, and so how do we bridge that gap? What do you, do, or do you feel it's your responsibility? Are you cool with going to the University of, you know, Arizona and, and having a show, and they're like, Dante, nah, nah, Dante, <laughs> you know? But it's all white people, to be honest? And you about climate change and capitalism and all that, or do you want to go to Phoenix and go to the hood where it's black and brown and didn't, and it's maybe you, you're you teaching. Where do you feel? Because I think that a lot of times this music doesn't connect with our community, how it should.
1: That's a really, that's a really interesting question. And that's definitely a question that people answer. I remember there was a skit on, a. Uh, was it um the root one of the roots albums and he was basically one of the dudes was basically like yeah oh they don't want to people don't, the people don't want to hear that shit people don't want to hear that shit people don't want to come <laughs> to that shit but it's like I don't know I feel like people I, people may not receive it you know people may not receive it they may not be in a place where. You know, it's something that they want to hear or something that they re- they want to receive. They, they may not have open hearts to it. I, but also the, compli- the the question is complicated. If We're talking about do we want more black people listening to black movement music? Um, then from that perspective, it's like, OK, well, I think. To appreciate it, there's a level of political education that needs to be done, like in communities worldwide for them to be like, hey, like these things are important. This is what resonates with me. You know what I'm saying? Because if it. If it doesn't resonate with you, then it's no point. So I feel like levels of political or not even political education, but at at the very least dialogue around how we want the world to be. Conversations on how we want the world to be and how to get there has to be a part of like our cultural cultural milieu. It has to be a part of like who we are as people and how we connect with each other first. And so that can be that can be done. But in terms of the music industry and shows like doing a show is is a is a is a is a capitalist enterprise. Right. Like that's you. You do a show because you want money because you not necessarily capitalist, but it is an enterprise. And so when you make music as an enterprise, when it comes to the market, who has more disposable income to be able to go to a show? Who has more time and access to be able to like go to this show? Like a lot of that has to do with like uh, class politics and a lot of that class politics has to do with racial capitalism. So it's like black people may not be able to access those spaces in the same way. Like a concert, a concert could be $100, $50. Like people may not have that money to spend or want to spend that money, right? So I think accessibility is another thing. Like concert venues in, having concert venues in Black areas or just making it a point, a point of emphasis, like Black people getting free or like Black people to the front, like making sure that the space is like welcoming for for Black people and making sure that it's a Black, I guess, a Black-centered space if we want and being being intentional about that but i guess the way that concerts are done now it's just an enterprise and you just kind of want the money and so who has more like who is the number one consumer of hip hop like white people like it's become the number one genre in America mainly because of its consumability from white people and that's what that market dictates because sheer numbers it's just more white people than there are than there are black people so i think that has a lot to do with it wow so what
0: is the specific challenge we face communicating with soul about the climate, uh, in crisis. And, you know, why is it urgent to, to make sure that we, we do that?
1: Um, I think you have to, you have to resonate with people's experience. Like I can just one example off the top of my head. We look at a place like Louis or Atlanta, right? Where Atlanta took in a lot of people from New Orleans. I grew up with somebody from New Orleans. I don't know if their family had to move as a result of Katrina, but like in my, I grew up with people from New Orleans. And so when we think about Hurricane Katrina as a sort of like, hey, this is an example of climate change. This is an example of like very, very dangerous storms. These are examples of how our infrastructure is not meant to, is not created to deal with the the coming challenges of like, we talked all the time about all the people in Katrina were quote unquote refugees. Well, in a way, that's true. They were climate refugees. Like, and we're going to hear this name, climate refugees, a lot more over the next two decades because there are places that are feeling the direct result. Like not, we, it, the studies have come out all the time that like, hey, scientists were wrong. Like we are going to start seeing mass scale changes to our climate now. We're going to start seeing really, really effects of storms, of flooding right now. And so like people that are going to be forced to migrate from their homes or who don't have a home to come back to uh, somebody, Uh, there are people who, you know, they have this house, they have a house in somewhere where there were wildfires and they can just lose their house. Right. And like that, those things are going to become like very, very present for people or very, very salient for people because it's going to be something that they can't ignore. It's happening to people like right in front of them. So much like, right. I guess, much like the COVID divide where it's like, you know, you may have taken it differently if you had family, multiple family members who have died from COVID as opposed to, to not. So I think it's going to be one of those things where as it becomes more salient to the people around you, like you're going to connect with it more. But we, we hope that that's the case. I don't want to be too deterministic. Yeah. No, no, no. I feel that. Actually, that actually be my next question.
0: Like, what is the vision of the future you're fighting for?
1: Um, where does the vision, where does it, come? what is the vision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paint hey, hey, us a picture. Um, I'm someone who all the things that I fight fighting for, like I said before, at the start of the podcast are the things that I've dealt with. So if I say I'm fighting for housing justice, it's because I have dealt with and am currently dealing with housing insecurity. Is it if I'm saying I'm fighting for food justice because, like, there have been moments in my life where we've been like food insecure, you know, so it's like criminal justice system like has direct result on like my family and wanting to meet people's needs and ensure that people have what they need because I've seen so many people around me not have that. Right. So that's where it comes from. It comes from my personal experience and it comes from connecting that experience with with other people and like being brave enough to say, hey, I want a future that's different. I want accessible housing for people. Like if if I I want people to live in houses for free, I want people to have free food You know, I want people. I want people to be valid just for existing. You don't have to prove your worth. You don't have to prove your need. You don't have to. to, You don't have to go to work to ensure that you have food. I don't believe that's the case. I feel like people are valid just how they are, and so we have to ensure that people get the resources they need just because they exist. You know, Doctor, let me ask you this question
0: because you know I'm excited as as you can tell to talk to you, and you are literally the epitome of what. I want to see succeed. I want you to. I want to see you succeed in a way, um, because you know you're, you're putting out a message out there, um, but you're talking about things that impact you. And, and I listen to your music. To be honest, This could be how we keep it real, right now and open. I I, I I heard your pain. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like. I almost felt like you had to like cut the track off a few times, and like, maybe had a little cry to yourself. Like, man, I gotta take a moment, y'all. You know, I just felt that. I felt like you, like you was recording, like you was because it was all you was bringing back all the memories of whatever you had gone through, and you was putting it out there. And this process, as you evolve, as you begin to get into this process, also you, you don't. I mean, how how do you? continue to keep that fire? How do you keep that vision in front of you without having to cry or be feeling that? Like, in other words, you're creating music through trauma, right? And that's like you gotta take that and you're putting on, on the music, but then I don't want you to create music always through trauma. I want you to create music by bringing that, but you may have to. I'm not saying that maybe that's who you are, but how do you keep that vision of this fight in front
1: of you? Um, wow, that's a great question. I think the first thing, in terms of just the way it's translated, like, I, one of the elements is the performance element and being able to bring, to definitely bring back those emotions and bring back those, those things you felt are the things that, not only me, but, like, that people feel around, like, having those insecurities and having those needs not met. So definitely bringing it in a way that it's, like, people can feel it. Right, I think a part of that is the performance aspect of it—the performance of actually laying down a track. Uh, the person that I was tracking with, Santiago, was like, "You know, you got these lyrics, and I'm seeing, I'm hearing these lyrics, but I'm just like, I need more feeling." He's, he's telling me, straight, "I was like, yo, I need more feeling. I need more like, I need more emotion in this because what you're saying is so powerful, but I, I, I want to make sure that P, that is that power and emotion is coming across." So he had he was one of the first people to be like yo like yeah yeah you're rapping that's good but I I need I need you to feel it. So that him just having saying that and having that conversation like really really definitely allowed me to kind of dig in there and dig deep and like pull pull the emotion through so people can receive it. Because yeah the lyrics are coming like I said the lyrics are coming from personal experience. The lyrics are coming from being in situations of like insecurity and being in situations where not necessarily having all the things that we need. So Wanting to make sure that people don't feel, don't feel that politically is what I'm striving for. I want to make sure that I want to ensure that we have security and that security can look so many different ways, right? And I think one of the aspects of ritual is that the way it looks now is actually harmful. The way we understand security and policing is actually harmful. The way we understand justice is actually harmful. We need to rethink justice because everybody having what they need is justice and that needs to be at the basis of our political economy. Whatever it wanna be if you a federal government, if you want to have a federal government, state government, local government, whatever have you. Like we can debate all those things. But at the heart, people having what they need should be the basis of how we understand politics. And so yeah, I guess I just want that to be conveyed. I want that to be conveyed.
0: Hmm.
1: Hey Donna, how can folks support you? Let folks know how where they can
0: find rituals. Your website, the contact, if they want to, you know, get a show. Give them all that stuff right now.
1: Well, I mean, contact, best contact me. Uh, uh, I can, uh, my first name, email. Or I would say Instagram is probably the best place to to reach out to me. Uh, Wimbo, W-I-M-B-O-X-I-V on Instagram. Uh, you can find Rituals on all the streaming platforms. You can find it on YouTube, those places. Um, the best way to support me, I would say, is to just buy a copy on Bandcamp. Um, I think that that's one of the one, one of the ways that wanted to be able to survive off my music, or that's one of the goals, right? So I think the best way to do that is to be able to support people on Bandcamp or things like that. We on stay, follow me on Instagram, share, repost things like that. Help to grow the audience. And I've had people reach out to me that's like they've sent it to, the, to their friends, and their friends have loved it. And so I'm just like, yeah, that's grassroots music. That's very like, you know, that's very grassroots tradition. So I want to maintain that tradition of like. Just, you know, send it to people who you think it would resonate with and then, like, direct them to the profile on Instagram. Um, make sure to buy it on Bandcamp if you have the funds to spare. Like, those are the main ways. I love it. So, I got, I got to ask you this question. I can't let you
0: go after I'm asking this question. Top five. me you, you your top five hip-hop artists, man. you know all time. Dead or alive. do not even matter. Top, top five. This is no! Don't, don't 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 scratch your head now, Dante. Don't rub, don't rub, your, don't rub the noggin now. I need you to give me your top five.
1: Okay, so I feel like I was prepared for this question, but anytime I'm asked, I'm never prepared. I feel like I can't give you a top five without giving my top five right now and then okay. like my top five all time because I feel like that question okay. changes so much. It changes so much. I was, Okay, how about this? My favorite, not even the best, I don't, because that, that's a whole different conversation. I would say my favorite top five all time. Okay, give me your top five now and
0: your top five all time. So you, you gave I, I, will, I will take in the recommendation and, and we'll, we'll adjust the question.
1: <laughs> so I would say my top five is based on my favorite. It's not even necessarily who I think is the better lyricist or the better, whatever, it's just my favorite. So my favorite rappers right now, in no particular order, are Akai Solo, um Earl sweatshirt, navy blue. That's is that three? That's four. I need yeah, one more. That's three. Boldy James. Need two more. Boldie James. need two more. Two more? Okay. Boldy that's James. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Akai Solo, Earl Sweatshirt, Navy Blue, Ma Favorite all time. Okay. Lu Fiasco. KOS. Damn, Lil Wayne. Believe it or not, I was a big, nah. big Lil Wayne fan. Like, but obviously that changes. That, that those things change over time. But like historically, Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne. Historically, Eminem, J Cole. That was a J Cole, J Cole, Kendrick yeah. trio. I would say J, yeah, J Cole. That's I an a interesting. Host. That's an interesting list. You know, I feel like it, my, I feel like I, how I listen to rap really changed in my life. Like when I was younger. Because I will listen to the same thing over and over and over again. I feel like I'm actually coming back around to that, where I'm just like, I get in spaces where it's something, if it really sticks with me, I just listen to it over and over. So, like, J. Cole was probably somebody that I listened to more consistently over a long span. But I feel like as I got older, as I started to appreciate different things, what I look for in music drastically changed. And also, accessibility. When you think about mainstream, I would say Lupe Fiasco is one of the only mainstream Artists that I am still that I still listen to, like, if they drop a project, I'm always going to listen to it. Because, like, even though they were mainstream, I really, really resonated with what they were saying. And as I grew into the person that I am, those feelings stayed the same. Whereas, like, a lot of the artists that I used to listen to when I was younger, as I grew up and as I become a man, as I became the person that I was, their lyrics didn't stick to me the same. Man, that's our guest
0: today. Dante Wembley, my brother. Thank you so, so, so much. Our, our guest today, he is the artist of the new album Rituals, and I am Rev Yearwood, your host of The Coolest Show. Thanks, Dr. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a nonprofit project. Thank you for listening and all power to repeat. It's the coolest
1: show you know. It's the coolest show you know.